all right. That was a struggle. Last two days was a yeah, was a, a huge struggle for me in my gambling and uh, very very frustrating with some of the uh, some of the decisions, some of the managerial decisions, some of the officiating decisions, some of the uh, some of the uh, the poor play that I've seen. I think that has a lot to do with how many how many games these guys have played, uh, you know, in the last three or four months. I think it's just starting to catch up to them and. And guess what? There's a couple of these teams that are going to have to go back out on, on uh, you know, two nights rest and, and play another one of these games. So uh, I was frustrated. I had a terrible week or terrible weekend, Saturday, Sunday. I think I lost like what, six units, six and a half units, something like that. And they're just so just just stupid ones, too. It was, uh, you know, Brighton and West Ham that, uh, you know, stuff just um, – what else? What else are we looking at here? Oh, Crystal Palace, you know, getting killed with eleven men on the pitch. Aston Villa have ten. Uh, the full and that was good. Um, Arsenal beating Chelsea. Who saw that coming? Not me. Um, Sheffield probably should have gotten a point in that game. Um, Leeds and Burnley. Who knew they would have played to a one nil draw or one nil uh, Leeds win, especially with a goal coming in the sixth minute, fifth minute, whatever it was. Um, what else? The Liverpool game was was just awful, and then the Tottenham, the Liverpool, Liverpool and Tottenham's performance this weekend were uh, uh, were just atrocious. They were they were both uh, very very poor uh, from the get go. But want to get into all ten games, get in a little more depth with all these. Um, let's see, Everton won. They wanted wanted to get up to second, but everyone else around them, Liverpool drop points, Leicester drop points, Manchester United drop points, Tottenham drop points. Uh, City win, Aston Villa win, Chelsea drop points, Southampton drop drop points. Um, it's it's West Ham. You know, I put two wins in the top ten this week. Two teams in the top ten got a win this week. Um, just wild. It's it's been uh, this is a much more competitive league. It's it's much closer together. Much more uh, kind of squeezing together, um, top and bottom. I, you know, last season Liverpool hadn't dropped a point. Uh, at all, I don't think. Maybe they had. I think maybe they had had one draw through fifteen games, but now they're looking at uh, you know five draws and a, and a loss in their first fifteen games. This is a much different league, much more competitive, much more interesting, um, and uh, I think that should bode well for the rest of the season. Should be an exciting finish. But you know, once again, we still are only fifteen games into this thing, um, and I'm looking at Aston Villa. If Aston Villa win their two games in hand on Liverpool, they are one point back from it. From the lead, from the top of the table, which is, uh, I mean, it, they keep winning and 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 nobody else is. No one else in the top ten uh, will is consistently winning. And Aston Villa, they're just stringing wins together. Pretty impressive. Um, but Liverpool still top. Everton second. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting league. Let's get into it. Let's get into these ten games. Uh, I've got another podcast to record right after this, so I want to get through these. I think I, I think it's going to be one of the longer ones. I got a lot to say uh, on most of these games. Number one, Leicester two, Manchester United two. Um, first of all, Daniel James gets a start. He's he has not played well this season. Interesting to see him start. Uh, Aaron Wan Bissaka's. Uh, I th- I th- believe he's hurt. I'm not sure. What else, what other reason would have? But he didn't he didn't start. Lindelof started at right back. Leicester pretty much at full strength, and Manchester United were clearly the better team here. Even on the road, um, they had the first chance or within two minutes. Rashford probably should have scored. Uh, really good pressing for Manchester United. Uh, Rashford does end up getting a goal to put them ahead. 
um, in the 23rd minute, and they should have scored before that. Uh, this this should have been this this game should have been over in the first half, but United were a little wasteful with some of their chances. They were um, they were pressing very high. Leicester were resorting to a lot of long balls, and they were pretty ineffective. Um, Harvey Barnes gets a Leicester goal on just about 30 minutes after Bruno gets the ball on the edge of the box and gives it away. Uh, Leicester were not really creating anything for themselves. It was uh, the Manchester United mistake that gave them their first goal. Um, I think looking at it, you can say Bruno gave the ball away, but um, Harry Maguire is who I'm looking at in this goal. It's uh, He kind of fumbles over himself and plays a bad ball to Bruno, plays it too late to him. I think uh, you know a better defender gets that ball to Bruno right away, and he has more time to turn and, and look and maybe take a touch and, and uh, play a good ball. But Harry Maguire kind of trips over himself like a – like a you know baby deer on a frozen lake, and um, he gives. And I think he contributes to to giving the ball away, uh, even though Bruno is the one who makes the error. Uh, Harvey Barnes is able to a really good shot beats David De Gea, uh, and it's one one going into the break. Uh, Rashford had a really good chance uh, in the 60th minute. Uh, Schmeichel made a really good save. Um, nothing but half chances for Leicester throughout the second half. Really nothing going forward. They didn't have a whole lot of. Um, opportunity to go forward. Manchester United were pressing pretty well and keeping the ball and, and, um, and uh, it was, it was a big struggle for Leicester. They really weren't, weren't able to, to uh, create many opportunities. Uh, Cavani comes on late and makes a goal uh, for Bruno uh, 79th minute uh, to make it two one uh, deservedly. So I thought they, they should have won the game that deserved all three points. Uh, Edison Cavani is turning into uh, a really good signing for Manchester United. He's only, um, I don't think I'm not sure how many games he started in the league this season, but him coming off the bench has been a real boost for them. And uh, he creates a goal and uh, makes it two one. Uh, and then in the 85th minute, uh, Jamie Vardy gets on the end of a Iose Perez cross that no Manchester United defender wanted to get in the way of. And he makes it two two, pretty much out of nothing. And somehow Lester get a point from this game. Um, Pretty even on shots, but if you watch the game, you'd know that Manchester United definitely deserved to 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 get all three points here. They just had a couple couple lapses, uh, a couple mistakes that uh, caused them to drop two points at Leicester. Um, really disappointing from United. They've been playing really well, especially on the road. Uh, the first, I think it's the first time they've dropped points on the road all season, and. Um, yeah, they deserve they deserve three points here, and they're they they walk away with only one. Really frustrating, you know. If they win that game, they're right on Liverpool's heels with a game in hand, and and um, it's got to be frustrating as a United fan. I think I think if you're a United fan, if you're a United fan, you would have taken a draw to start this game. The way Leicester looked uh, against Tottenham, but uh, the way the game played out, you. Uh, You've got to be pretty frustrated with with uh, the result. I think United are clearly the better team, or they were clearly the be- clearly the better team uh, yesterday. Um, I had a unit on United to win this game, so I lost some money on that, and uh, I didn't think it was going to be as uh, as uh, open as it was. I wasn't expecting a whole lot of goals, and you know, if if United are able to uh, to keep the mistakes down, I I probably win that win both these bets. I had the you know the under two and a half three, and so both those lost. Terrible start to the to the um, to the weekend, but, uh, uh, you know, we just, that continued, unfortunately it was a, it was a bad gambling weekend, a lot of, a lot of frustration. Um, but yeah, that's that game. Uh, next one's Aston Villa and crystal palace. This one, I, I had crystal palace or I had, I'm sorry, I had a draw and I thought this was going to be an under game. I didn't think there's going to be many goals in it. 
Uh, I was expecting a nil-nil or a one-one, and um, Aston Villa. Uh, well, I think it was Zaha had a chance in the first minute of the game, and uh, Emmy Martinez makes Martinez makes a really good save. Um, in the fifth minute, Aston Villa are able to find themselves ahead. Ollie Watkins has a shot, and it's followed up by uh, Bertrand Traore to make it one nil. Um, Crystal Palace looked really unorganized. I wrote, I, I kind of jotted some notes down, and Crystal Palace looked really unorganized. They looked kind of disinterested in defending. Um, Aston Villa pressing pressing pretty high, kind of seeing a little bit of weakness in that Crystal Palace back line. 17th minute, uh, Traore hits the post. Uh, Zach, uh, I'm sorry, Jack Grealish had a had a one-on-one with the goalkeeper that he's unable to score. Um, and then at the end of the half, we had a, a Zaha Mings kind of you know a little little coming together fight, little scrap. And uh, on the forty in the 45th minute, Mings brings Zaha down for his second yellow of the match. And uh, Aston Villa go down to 10 men, have to bring off Bertrand Traore for Ezri Kanza uh, to give them a solid back line. And uh, in the second half, if anything, Aston Villa looked like they had uh, the 11 men and Crystal Palace had 10. Uh, Crystal Palace did nothing going forward. Aston Villa were doing all the running, all the pressing, all of the pushing for a second goal. And they get it from a set piece in the 66th minute. And uh, after that, it was pretty easy for Villa. Uh, they just sat back, played on the counter, and uh, Anwar El Ghazi gets the third goal in the 76th minute to make it 3 0 to 10 uh, man Villa. Um, Got to be embarrassing for Crystal Palace. Uh, they looked out of shape. They looked um, lethargic. They looked uh, uninterested. And uh, it's kind of a it's it's kind of the way their season has gone. If they give up that first goal, they they kind of quit, and um, they only want to play when things are going their way, and that's not how this league goes. Some you know, there's a lot of really good players, a lot of talented teams in this league, and if you quit every time you give up the first goal, you're going to be quitting a lot. Um, I, this this is the Crystal Palace team I expected from the start. I, I I projected Crystal Palace to get relegated. They had a really good start to the season. And um, this is kind of the team that I thought was going to show up this season. I thought, um, you know, Zaha's ov- obviously a really good player. Uh, Benteke and Ayu have goals in him a little bit, but uh, Zaha's kind of a head case. And um, I figured that at some point in the season, he'd have, you know, some frustration boil over, and uh, this would kind of happen. And uh, I thought it was going to happen from the start of the season, but here it is now. I, I think Crystal Palace are they're probably, you know, apart from Sheffield, they're probably the worst team in the league right now. I, I, that's, that's probably where I would have them. Um, you know, I'm doing power rankings here in about, you know, 30 minutes and uh, crystal palace will be, uh, you know, very low on that list. You're talking about a team that went from plus one, um, goal difference after 13 games to minus nine after 15. This, this is, this is a team in free fall at the moment. And, uh, this is not the time to do that. There's, you've got, You've got games coming, you know, within two or three days, and you've got to be, you know, ready to go. And this team is not ready to go. They're 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 defensively atrocious right now, and um, it, it it this is the worst time of the year to uh, to be playing like this. Uh, if anything, Aston Villa probably should have scored a couple more. Um, Ollie Watkins had a really good chance um, from a Jack Grealish. What a pass that was! But I think it was 88th minute, something like that. Jack Grealish is, he can play. Uh, and um, probably should have made it four. Um, looking at the stats, Crystal Palace have 61% of the possession, so you know they didn't play well. That's uh, that's a pretty good indication that 
if Crystal Palace have more of the ball, it didn't go well for them. Um, other than that, uh, this one's this one's pretty easy, pretty easy to call. Aston Villa playing really well. Crystal Palace not playing well at all. I had a unit on the draw. I figured Crystal Palace would. I figured Roy Hodgson would be able to kind of put things together and um, be able to keep Aston Villa out. Aston Villa had been struggling to score um, consistently, so I, I I thought that you know uh, Roy Hodgson would be able to get his team um, defending better. But uh, that's clearly not the case, and I, I, you know, we'll keep that in mind for their next game. Uh, I also had uh, a, a bet on the under two and a half three, and that didn't hit with that third goal from ten man Aston Villa at one nil. At one nil, Aston Villa down to ten men. I'm thinking this is going to be great. This is going to it's going to go one one, and then they're both going to stop trying. They're both going to sit on it, and that that just did not happen. Uh, I was very happy to see Tyrone Mings get sent off. Uh, one goal up. I thought I'd hit both my. I thought I'd hit both my bets on that. I, I thought for sure it was going to go one-one, and uh, and I'd hit both my bets. But Crystal Palace decided to uh, just to quit and uh, you know not really care too much about this game. Uh, so I lose a couple bets on that one. Really frustrating start. Um, really bad start. Um, Next game was Fulham and Southampton. Uh, game finished uh, a scoreless draw. Uh, Joaquin Manderson starts this game. I guess his red card was rescinded from the previous match. Um, no Vestergaard or Danny Ings for Southampton in this game. I think those are two really important players for them. Uh, Yannick Vestergaard has been great both defending, and he's been a, quite a bit of a goal threat. I think he's got three or four goals this season. And uh, obviously, Danny Ings, you know, their their uh, main striker up front. He's their, probably their best player and, and biggest goal threat. So losing those two players is huge for Southampton. Uh, they're both big misses, and um, with a team like Fulham, who who just outworked them, who out who are definitely not as talented as Southampton are. I think that's pretty easy to see that Fulham are nowhere near one of the more talented teams in this league. But the way you beat talent is you outwork it. You outrun it. You are, you're the better athlete. You're in better shape. Uh, that's the only way you've got any chance. And, uh, Fulham are doing that to a T right now. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's three or four unbeaten for them. They, you know, they're picking up points here and, uh, you know, in this, in this, you know, congested time, uh, of, of league play right now, it's really important to be playing well. It's really, it's really important to be scrappy and to be hard to beat. And uh, that's what they are. They're, they're really tough to beat. They're really tough to score on right now. Um, uh, to start this game, it, it looked like Fulham, you know, probably deserved a lead. Uh, and, and Gisa had a really good chance uh, in the box that he missed kicked. Um, after that, Southampton, uh, James Ward-Prowse had a had a free kick that hit the bar, and and Shea Adams wasn't able to uh, to find a touch to put it across the line. Kind of bounced up awkwardly, you know, just above his waist, and didn't really have a chance to uh, to get a good uh, strike on it. Um, and I wrote down Southampton were struggling. They were struggling to keep the ball, struggling with Fulham's uh, you know defensive press, and and uh, Fulham were the better team in the in the first half. I thought um, Yvonne Cavallero had a really good chance in the second to start the second half. About ten minutes in, uh, had a, a header that he probably should have put at least put on net. Um, there's a penalty check in the 70th minute that I was really surprised wasn't given. Uh, this is kind of the frustrating thing with VAR is that I, consistent consistency is is the most important thing with VAR, and I I've seen so many of these penalties get given. It was a Shea Adams cross. Um, I think it was Ola Aina who uh, 
you know, was in the way and hit his arm and, and I, you know, his arms are detached from his body. And, and, you know, if, if consistency is the most important thing that that penalty gets given, because I've seen that given so many times this season. Uh, and that's, that's the frustrating part. That's the frustrating part is, is that, um, um, you know, things like that. It, it looks like they're changing the rules in the middle of the season. And, um, I think if with any, with any kind of, integrity at all that that uh, decision gets made for Southampton and it's a penalty for them um <clears throat> Southampton were dominant in the in the you know the final 15 20 minutes of this game uh Walcott I think Shane Long had a goal rolled out rolled out for offside and then uh Theo Walcott had a goal ruled out um for offside on Shea Adams it was you know I think half of his foot was offside um Fulham did have the last two chances of the game. Uh, Mitrovic had a chance and Olaena had a chance in the in the 94th, but uh, no one was able to get it across the line. Um, stats are pretty even, uh, pretty even possession-wise, pretty even shots on goal, not a whole lot. I think there were three shots on goal in the whole game. Um, pretty, I, I would say it was a pretty well-deserved point for, for either team. I don't think either one of them did enough to... Uh, to deserve to win this game. Um, I did have a, this is one of the, one of the games that I did well on. I had a game, I had a unit, I had a bet on the draw and I had a bet on the under two, two and a half and those both hit. So I won three units on that game, but it is, I think it is the only game that I, that I actually won units on uh, for the entire weekend, which was embarrassing, pretty disappointing. Um, Next game was Arsenal and Chelsea, and this one came out of nowhere. I, I did not expect this. Arsenal win this game 3-1. Um, Arsenal start with a really young side, Gabriel Martin, Barton, Martinelli, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, uh, you know, a couple teenagers. Uh, Aubameyang still hurt. Bakayo Saka starts. Um, really interesting team from Arsenal, and it it looked good. It looked better. It looked They looked like they actually cared, which is not something we've seen from Arsenal. They looked energetic. They were on top early. Um, they win a penalty in the 33rd minute. Uh, Reese James brings down Kieran Tierney. Lacazette puts it away. And then from then on out, it was still Arsenal pressing, still Arsenal pushing, still Arsenal wanting to get that second goal. And, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later how important it is to get that second goal. And they got that second goal right before halftime. Granite Jacka with a free kick Uh Really, really impressive free kick uh, to make it 2-1 right before halftime. And then uh, Saka makes it 3-0 uh, 10 minutes into the second half. And from then on out, it looked pretty much like the game was over. Um, and Arsenal still looked for more. Martinelli had a really good chance in the 64th. Ar- the Arsenal were clearly on top, clearly the better team, even without all their uh, all their stars. And um, yeah, it looked like they could have gotten four with Elneny. He hit the bar in late in the game. Um Chelsea do make it interesting at the end. Uh, Abraham makes it 3-1 pretty late, and then uh, they win a penalty in the 90th minute. Jorginho misses it to, to keep it at 3-1, um, but Arsenal were deserved winners. They they deserve to win this game. Uh, it's the first time you can say that in a long time. Very impressive from them, uh, but I think the story here is Chelsea. That is, a, that is an embarrassing loss. That uh, it, This is a team that if you want to push – for the title. If you think you're, you know, if you've got title credentials, this is a game that you have to win and you got smoked. This wasn't even close. This was not a, this was not a contest. Um, Chelsea, 
Timo Werner, uh, I, I don't know what else you can say about him. He's just, he's not there. He's, he's so dangerous and so athletic and so quick, but I don't, I can't, I don't see how you have any confidence in him um, creating or scoring a goal right now. Uh, it's just not there. It's a, I think it's a total between the years situation with him and Kai Havertz as well, both the Germans and their team. I think, uh, I think this is an, it's not an attitude problem. It's a mental problem. It's a mental block. It's a confidence problem. And uh, there's not really a whole lot of confidence in that forward line right now. A couple of these players are playing out of position um, and they're struggling and it's, it's showing very, it's very, very apparent that they're struggling Um, defensively. I don't think there's a whole lot they could have done, uh, you know, obviously not giving away a goal, but the free kick is, you know, a fluke thing. One of those, um, you know, that happens. And then uh, Sokka's goal is, you know, kind of a, a cross shot that just, you know, finds the inside of the post and goes in. Um, these things happen, which is why you need to be, you know, on your toes at all times. Uh, but this Chelsea team were nowhere near the written dead. We're nowhere near uh, Arsenal all game. This was a deserved Arsenal perform, uh, divert, deserved Arsenal win, and uh, they get their just reward. Um, I had a unit. I had a bet on Chelsea to win this game. Clearly didn't, and I had. Uh, I actually I hit the over here, which was uh, you know refreshing for a chance for a change. Um, so I lost a little bit on on these uh, on this game. Um, but very impressive from Arsenal. They'll jump up in my power rankings pretty high and Chelsea are going to drop like a stone. This is a, it's a, it's a bad loss for them. Um, next game was Manchester city, Manchester city and Newcastle city win this game two nil. And it's another one of those games where city don't really have to try city. Didn't really need to, to push at all. This Newcastle team were in, they were uh, nowhere near them. Uh, didn't need to score more than two goals, but I think scoring that second goal kills the game. Uh, there's no way Newcastle are getting back in this one. Um, City start without a striker again. Uh, Ferran Torres plays up front, but kind of a false nine. Um, and you know, when I see Callum Wilson not in the team for Newcastle, I'm betting heavily on the opposite, uh, the, the opposition. Um, Sterling makes a goal for uh, Ilkay Gundogan in the 15th minute. Um, what, we need to talk about Kevin De Bruyne. His, his, he, he's also going through a little bit of a confidence issue right now. Um, there was a, uh, He had a one-on-one with a goalkeeper that he kept looking to his left to see who could pass. He wanted to pass it. He wanted to pass it. He wanted to pass it, and then nobody was there. So he reluctantly took a shot, and uh, it was saved by Carl Darlow. This is... Um, a really uh, I, kind of telling situation right now that without him, you know, in full flow and playing at 100% that the city team just aren't at the races uh, right now. I know they're, you know, one of the only two teams in the top 10 to get a win this week, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they are, um, I, w- I wouldn't say that they're playing anywhere near their best right now. And that's their six games off the top with, uh, I'm sorry. There's six points off the top with a game in hand. Um, so even even though they're not playing well, they're still right in it. Uh, the weather and the wind had a pretty pretty uh, pretty interesting. Played a little a little bit of a part in this game as well. Um, I wrote down City were dominant but not ruthless. This is not a team that's going to go out and score four or five goals. Or they did against Burnley this season, but they're, they're not doing it with any kind of consistency like they have in the past. Uh, Ferran Torres makes it 2-0 in the 55th minute. 
um, kind of a fluke goal, not really a deserved goal. It was uh, the kind of a miscom- miscommunication between uh, was it uh, was it Bernardo Silva? I think played the ball in, but Ferran Torres uh, looks for a pullback. Uh, Bernardo Silva plays it across, and uh, uh, was it Federico Fernandez? I think that that you know kind of miskicked it and it fell right to Torres, and and he he puts it away. Um, João Cancelo was a really was probably the man of the match. Played really well in this game. Probably City's best player. Uh, he was he was all over the place. He I, I'd put him in midfield. I, I think he's I think he's uh, I think he'd be one of City's best midfielders at you know at this moment in time. Um, late on, we saw Aguero. He come he came on had a had his shot had a shot saved. Um, looked like he was pro- he probably should have scored it. Uh, I don't think he scored since I want to say January of last year in the league, uh, which is pretty wild. Um, but this pretty dominant city performance. No need for them to get out of second gear in this one. Uh, had three quarters of the ball. Had more shots. More shots on target. Um, but just couldn't get that third, and that would have that would have really helped me. Um, I, I needed City to to score one more goal. They didn't, so I lose. Uh, I lose that bet. Minus uh, City minus two and a half, and then I had the under three and a half four, and that hit. So I lost a little bit. Lost the juice on those two bets um next game last game of saturday was sheffield nil everton one i'm just starting to feel sorry i'm just starting to feel sorry for sheffield i really am i i uh, every one of their games you can say if they would have gotten a point it wouldn't have been you know crazy it wouldn't have been uh you know like a fluke point but they just it's it's just they're right there and they just can't quite, you know, their, their touch is, you know, just bad enough for it to be a problem They're They're just enough out of position for it to be a problem. Uh, yeah, I think I pretty, pretty, pretty well summed up. Um, I think it was Calvert Lewin had a really good chance in the first half that Jack Robinson really should have dealt with. And he kind of waits for the ball to get to him and Calvert Lewin goes and gets it and creates a chance. And that's kind of a microcosm of, of Sheffield's play is that they're, they're kind of, they're static. They're waiting for things to happen and then reacting to them rather than being proactive and, and um, you know, making their own decisions. And, and I think in a league as, uh, as competitive as this, at some point you're going to have to force the issue. And uh, they really don't, especially defensively. They're, they're positioning defensively. It's all individual mistakes. I feel like they're in the right position and then someone does something stupid. And now, now everyone's, you know, everyone's out of whack. Um, but I, th- I thought they deserved, I thought they deserved something from this game. Uh, they made it, they made a, enough chances to, to get a goal. Um, Everton are able to get one pretty late on and, uh, they jump to second in the table right now, uh, which is fantastic for them. Um, pretty even on shots. I, I really thought that Sheffield should have gotten some from, gotten something from this game. That late goal cost me a little bit of money too. Uh, I had Sheffield, um, you know, at least getting a draw, and they didn't. And I had the under, uh, which I hit. So I, you know, once again, lose the juice on this game. Uh, but not a whole lot to talk about with this one. It's, a, it's just a good win for Everton. Really impressive win. I've, I've been impressed with them over the last couple of games. You know, obviously, you know, beating Leicester away and then, uh, you know, winning this one 
also away. It's uh, to get these one nil, two nil wins uh, on the road is is how uh, you start jumping up that table, and you can see uh, the results of that. They're currently sitting second. Very impressive from them. And this is without Allen, and I think is one of their best players. And and James Rodriguez is out, and Luca Dina is not playing, and Richarlison missed this game. So. Um, to get a win on the road against anybody is impressive in this league. Uh, so well played for Everton. Uh, Leeds one, Burnley nil is our next game. First game of Sunday. Really frustrating for me. I did not see this game being a one nil game, um, especially after uh, Bamford scores in the fifth minute from a penalty. Um, pretty soft penalty in my opinion. I thought Nick Pope won the ball. I don't know what what else you expect him to do if if he gets touched the ball. It's his ball, and and uh, you know I don't care how hard of a tackle it might have to be. You've got to win the ball. You're the goalkeeper. You've got to win the ball. He won the ball, and uh, I, I think they're penalizing him for the 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 winning of the ball was too aggressive. Was too. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I completely disagree with that. I think if, if you're the goalkeeper, you're the last line of defense. If you win the ball, you win the ball. It doesn't matter how hard the tackle is. Um, well, Bamford scores in the fifth minute. Uh, but the real talking point of this game was uh, Ashley Barnes had the ball in the net in the 18th minute. And somehow, some way, VAR decides to take this goal away uh, after the Leeds goalkeeper, Melier, fouls Ben Mee, Barnes... Uh, puts into the back of the net, and they judge that me fouled um, Meslier. And I, I watched, I watched this game, and I watched that play, and I thought, there's no way that Ben Me did anything wrong in that situation. He's going for the ball. He's well. He's very. He's perfectly entitled to do that. And Melier uh, runs him over and, and misses the ball, and you know it, it drops to Barnes, and he puts it away. I don't think that there's any way that if there's a there first of all there's no foul in the situation but if there is a foul the foul's on um Melier the the goalkeeper from Leeds. I I just I I'm, I'm completely blown away with that decision. I don't see how anyone can look at that and think yeah that's a foul on Ben Me who's looking only at the ball and backing up and the goalkeeper comes right over the top of him and tries to to punch it away or tries to catch it and misses it and it ends up in the goal. I, it, it, it's, this is the most frustrating part of VAR is that I, it's like, it's like if you put a rule book in front of somebody and made them learn all the rules, but didn't allow them to watch any of the game before they watched, before they refereed a game, there's, they have it, there's no context uh, that comes into play with VAR. It's, it, it, it's really, really frustrating. This is, uh, it's, it's becoming a problem and I hope they get rid of it sooner rather than later. Um, but you know, I, you know, that's it. My, that's my two cents on VAR. Um, after that, it looked like it, it looked like a Leeds game. It was very stretched, very, uh, Leeds were very much, uh, you know, in the attacking sense. They were constantly breaking with four, five, six players at a time. Um, Burnley obviously had to do had to do some, you know, they were on the ball a lot and had to do some some pushing and and uh, you know trying to, to create a goal. And Leeds, uh, you know, broke you know five, six, seven times um, with multiple players trying to make it two nil. They weren't able to do it, and I'm sh- I'm shocked this game end, ended one nil. 
it's it, I remember that I think Leeds played Everton a couple like a month ago and the game ended one nil and I'm it's 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 another it's a shocking result to watch this game and think there's only one goal in it. Um, but Burnley weren't able to find a goal. I figured they'd be able to I figured they'd be able to score at least one in this game. Um, I had them you know getting a goal uh, with my with with a bet. And uh, I had the over three, three and a half that I thought, you know, this is probably, I mean, Leeds could get that by themselves. Um, but they, I think, I, I think that um, Bielsa kind of changed the way he wanted to play a little bit. I think he took that six, two loss and said, okay, we're going to, we're not going to be nearly as aggressive. I think they only had 51% of the possession here, which is about 10% lower than their average. Um, they're averaging a lot more of the ball. They're averaging, um, you know, they're, they, they, they want to be on the ball more than what they were in this game as, you know, as far as what they've shown, uh, throughout the season. Um, but I think, I think that six, two really changed. I think, I think Bielsa had a little word with them and, and, you know, kind of changed the way they, they, they want to want to play a little bit in this game. Um, but once again, was surprised to see it, uh, so surprised to see it only go one nil. Um, Burnley had more shots on target. Uh, I, if they would have won or drawn this game, I, that would have been a perfectly good result. Uh, I wouldn't have complained about that. Nick Pope, once again, fantastic. Um, I think he's, he's, he's a really good goalkeeper. I, I don't think he gave, obviously he gives away the penalty, but I don't think it was a penalty. Uh, I think he did. I don't think he put, put a foot wrong all game. Uh, very impressed with him. Um, obviously I lose some money on these bets. I, you know, missed the over and I missed, uh, Burnley getting a goal. I, I only pushed half of that bet. Um, another frustrating game was next is West Ham two, Brighton two. Um, well, I don't know what West Ham was doing to start this game. I think they started off in like a five, three, two. And, um, it was just, it was very, very strange. It was, you know, Mark Noble was the furthest forward in midfield for West Ham. Um, which I don't think uh, he's probably 37, 38 years old. What, what, I don't understand what, what's going on with that. Um, but at halftime, well, no, actually Neil Mope scored right before halftime, which, you know, is another frustrating thing for me because I'm definitely not a Neil Mope fan. Um, but it was a perfect Neil Mope goal because it got to him in the box. He gives the ball away and it get, comes right back to him and he, and he's able to put it away. So I get to take a little bit of, uh, solace with that because I don't think that Neil Mope can uh, play in this Brighton system. I don't think he he works very well within their kind of finesse game. Um, and I even though he scored, it really was kind of a, a fluke goal. Uh, but he scores right before halftime, and uh, at at the half, um, West Ham make a couple changes, and Yarmolenko comes on, uh, Lanzini comes on. They change they completely change their formation. And it worked very well for them. They score in the 60th minute. Uh, ben Johnson from a really good pass. Uh, you know, he laying on the ground. Manz- Lanzini, really good pass. Ben Johnson puts it away to make it 1-1. Uh, in the 70th minute, Lewis Dunk has uh, the ball in the back of the net for Brighton. Um, well, another interesting decision. Looked like it might have been handball from Lewis Dunk, but uh, VAR checks it. I think it was handball. It looked like it was just doing something funky when it um, – um, kind of hit his midriff and it looked like it kind of came off kind of came off his hip and and hit hit his arm uh right before he puts it away but uh the goal is given um Suchek equalizes in the 82nd minute from uh Lewis Dunk mistake to make it 2-2 
A um, couple half chances for both sides uh, laid on, but neither one of them are able to uh, to get the winner. Um, Brighton probably played the better stuff, but West Ham in the second half, I thought, deserved uh, to win this game. Uh, they were so bad in the first half, West Ham. Uh, I, I really don't know what David Moyes was thinking with that setup, but uh, Brighton aren't able to get a win here. They're, they, they played the better stuff. They've been the better team in a lot of their games this season, but... Their points tally is uh, is really not good. They're you know 13 points from 15 games. They're really struggling uh, to get results, not to play, but to get results. Uh, shots are pretty even. Uh, I had a unit on West Ham. I thought they'd go on and win it after Ben Johnson uh, gets that goal in the 60th minute. They they looked a lot better in the second half. I was really hoping they'd go on and win it 2-1, um, or that it would stay 1-1. But you know Lewis Dunk gets that goal and kills my under two and a half, and so I lose another unit, a couple units on that game. Just an awful weekend betting for me. Um, next game is Liverpool and West Brom. Really frustrating game for Liverpool. They score in the 12th minute um, through Sadio Mane, a mistake from uh, Semi Ajayi. But West Brom, through the majority of the first half, was playing like a 6-4-0 formation, like a 5-5-0 formation. So um, Liverpool, with all their attacking talent, they're not able to run anybody, not able to... Uh, th- this was a game that was calling out for... Uh, Coutinho or a Shakiri or you know some kind of little number ten to play a uh, to play a ball through the lines and and just there wasn't anybody there in that uh, um, this was a, a Curtis Jones Curtis Jones needed to come in and, and make a play here wasn't able to do it uh, because Wijnaldum and Henderson aren't those type of players but Curtis Jones kind of is I think he could mold into that kind of player um, but he had a pretty poor game. Uh, Mo Salah had a pretty poor game. That it, it's you. They really, they really cramped Liverpool's style. There was really no running into the box. There was no movement among the uh, Liverpool forward line. And and give credit to Sam Allardyce. He comes in, has a game plan, and sees his team go down one nil and sticks with it. And uh, uh, it's it's a a game plan that's worked for him in the past. He's he's never been relegated. He's a very impressive manager. And uh, he gives Liverpool fits. He gives Jurgen Klopp fits. And uh, uh, they're able to to take it into the break at 1-0 down, which is kind of pro- probably where they wanted to be. I probably were a little uh, – they were comfortable with that. And uh, in the second half, they start breaking. They Carlin Grant has a couple really good chances. Um, and the game stretches a lot. The game, the game gets um, uh, you know very open. And uh, West Brom, it honestly looked like – they could go on and win this game. They get the goal uh, in the 82nd minute from a corner. Semi Ajayi scores off the off the post, and from then on, it, it really was anyone's game. It, you know, West Brom could have easily won that game. Um, Firmino had a really good chance to win it late, 90th minute. Uh, he he, I think his shot gets deflected wide, um, but it's a good point for West Brom and a deserved point. Uh, I thought they played you know exactly the way they wanted to. They got the game uh, to go exactly the way they wanted to, and. Uh, they got their reward. Liverpool have almost 80% of the possession here, uh, but West Brom have more shots on target. And that's, if, if you if you gave West Brom that stat line, you know, it's Liverpool 78% possession, Liverpool shots 17 and two on target, West Brom shots five and three on target. West Brom would snatch your hand off with that. They would love it. Um, uh, you know, they probably think they win that game 1-0. Uh, I had I had a un, I had a bet on Liverpool minus two and a half. I thought this was going to be a, a blowout. I thought Liverpool would win this game very easily, 
They clearly didn't, and I also had a, a bet on the under, which hit, so I lose the juice on this game. But uh, I think this is a one-off for Liverpool. I don't expect you know, many teams to do this. Uh, Sam, Al- Sam Allardyce has a has a special, you know, I, I you know, I'm not sure what he's kind of a hoodoo over Jurgen Klopp right now. I don't think I don't think Jurgen's ever beat him, uh, and he is Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce is the last manager to go to Anfield and win uh, back in 2017. So, um, you know, he, he, he had a really good game plan and executed it perfectly and gets, gets a point. Um, on the other hand, Wolves and Tottenham, this one game, this game also wins one, one. And I think Tottenham, um, they get the goal early. They get the goal in the first minute of the game. And then from then on out, we're awful that nothing go, what Harry Kane and son, neither one of them had a chance to score a goal in this game. Neither one, they, they just, they, they, and they chose not to allow them to have chances in this game. This is a Josie Mourinho, we're away, we get the early goal, we're sitting back, we're not, we're, we're doing nothing but defending. And that's great if it works, but if it doesn't, you look like an idiot. You look, you look like you have no idea what you're doing. Um, to drop two points here for Tottenham, uh, is really, it's, it's, it's unforgivable. It's, uh, it, this is a Wolves team that have have a 18 year old kid playing striker right now. Um, this is this is a, a a Tottenham team that could have easily gone out and scored four goals, and uh, I think Jose Mourinho actively tried not to do that. Um, Kane and Son are being are being hamstrung uh, by this manager right now, and I you know it's only a matter of time until they get kind of fed up with it and the fan base kind of gets fed up with it. This is two points in the last, uh, in the last 12 available to them. Um, and they probably should have lost it. Uh, they get, you know, obviously they score in the first minute. Um, but, uh, from then on out really didn't have a whole lot of chances. I think they had three shots on target the whole game that, you know, obviously uh, you had one in the first minute. Um, Pedro Neto looked great. I think he's a really good, really good player, uh, off the left for them. Uh, Potence was kind of uh, stifled in this game, obviously with with how many people are back defending. That number ten role is going to be tough. Uh, Roman Sias gets the goal from a corner in the 86th minute to make it one one. And then from then it looked like Wolves might go on and win it. Fabio Silva had a chance really late in the last minute of stoppage time to win this game, but he's not able to put it away. Um, a really disappointing from Tottenham the way they played the last the last four games. Uh, this was a team that uh, we were all ex- you know thinking they were in the title race and now they're six points back and in fifth. Um, really disappointing from them. Uh, I had a unit on Tottenham. I thought they'd win this game. I thought they'd come out and try and uh, try and you know score a bunch of goals and that's just not the way the game uh, turned out. Uh, I also had uh, a bet on the over and uh, only pushed only only pushed half of it. So I lost uh, a unit and a half on that game. Really, really poor uh, effort from me this week. But uh, guess what? Got to get right back at it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we've got 10 games. Uh, match week, match day 16 coming up uh, in the English Premier League. So I will be ready uh, for that. I'll have picks out about an hour before kickoff of each game. I'm also going to have to be, I'm going to record another podcast right now, looking at uh, the next week's games and my power rankings. So, um, you know, listen to that as well. Um, But mostly follow me on Twitter. It's where I give out all my my picks. You know, I had a really bad week this week, but before that I had eight positive weeks in a row. So, uh, you know, we won't uh, panic right now. 
Um, I think that's it for me. Follow me, the Damn American Podcast on Twitter. And uh, I think that's it. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening.